is the number one community in the world that you can't get back once it's gone. Time. So I will keep this brief. I'm Muthita Banu, a time efficiency expert and a business operation strategist, who's as known as the Time Queen. Welcome to my Get Unstuck Radio. Running a business can be very overwhelming at times, especially in the first few years when you are required to wear hats and do other things. You started your company because you had a vision that almost every business owner has when they begin. You wanted freedom, true freedom. So you are in the right place to help you build and grow your business that support your lifestyle, not the other way around. Without further ado, let's get unstuck. Hi, get unstuck nation. Today is something that what we do here. We talk about podcasts, um, and I have a very lovely friend today who will tell you how powerful podcast is. So please welcome Christine Molina here. Um, Christine is an entrepreneur, and she. Live with her mantra with like work less, make more. You know that sounds familiar, right? Because over here we have this same motto, as in have a business to support your lifestyle. So that's what we are here for. And Christine enjoy helping other entrepreneurs to dish from like those metrics and get profitable with their connection through podcasts. And she is a CEO of Yes Boss, an agency that we will talk about today. So. Christine, thank you so much for joining Get Unstuck Radio today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat with you. Yeah. So before we start about Yes Boss Company, um, can you share with me about how can you become an entrepreneur? How I became an entrepreneur? Oh my goodness. Well, it wasn't a pretty start. <laughs> so I had my last regular job in 2014 and um, I loved working, but I worked for somebody who didn't treat me all that well. And so I stepped out um, to do my own thing and stepping out to do my own thing. I thought I would be really great at it because I was a great employee. And so I thought, surely I would be a great entrepreneur. And I sucked at being an entrepreneur. <laughs> I was trying to do all the things and you know, it was so bad that my husband and I had to live with his parents for 14 months because we just didn't have the finances to support ourselves while we were trying to get business off the ground. Um, and it got to a point where I decided, you know, I don't want to sacrifice my freedom, but I need to make some money. And so I became a virtual assistant. I got my first $15 an hour virtual assistant gig in 2016. And I was assigned my very first project and that was blog writing. And I sat down to write the blog and thought, this is terrible. I don't want to write blogs. <laughs> so what I did is I hired somebody who made $8 an hour. That was um, a intern, like a college intern to write the blogs for me for $8 an hour while I collected $15 an hour from the client. And it was a great opportunity for everybody. Um, and I, I basically realized that I was onto something and quickly using that model. I scaled to a six-figure virtual assistant agency. Um, then in 2018, I told my team, like, I have seen how complicating things ruined entrepreneurship for me, but simplifying things has really enabled me to have a thriving business and have a team. And, you know, I'm seeing a lot of the same similarities in our clients. And, you know, I'd love to get out and start talking to you know, other entrepreneurs about what I've learned about entrepreneurship and the mistakes I've seen. And so 
I decided that the best way to do that would be a podcast, being a podcast guest. To me, it was like, you know, I could show up, I could have conversations with people that I'm having anyways, but let's record them. And unfortunately, it took six months before I realized that I had insane imposter syndrome. I had not pitched myself to a single podcast. I was just sitting there with this list of podcasts that I should be pitching myself to, but not pitching myself to any of them. Um, and, you know, I had a lot of imposter syndrome because I had grown my business with zero social media and a really bad website. And I thought the moment I reach out to these people, they're going to have, they're, they're not going to know who I am. I have no online presence at all. But my team convinced me to let them pitch for me. And so they did. Uh, still no social media and a really bad website. And people started saying yes to my pitch. And I was just blown away. So I showed up as a guest on podcasts and I really enjoyed it. And what we noticed is that it became our number one way of finding clients. It was just this like huge aha moment for us because I never anticipated it being a marketing strategy. I just wanted to get out and share what I had learned. So I had been a a little bit on the back burner. I had been thinking about how our agency could niche down, how we could do, you know, more specific offerings and how, how we could make our backend offer a lot more simple. So we decided to try out podcast guesting on our clients to see if the same service worked well for them as it did for me. And it did. And so in 2019, late 2019, we decided no more general virtual assistant work. We're just going to do podcast booking services and we haven't looked back. That's all we do. So now Yes Boss is a podcast booking agency and I go on podcasts as a guest. That's what we do for our clients. And that's how I got here. It was a long journey, but it's been worth it. It's like a living proof, right? That's so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned about no social media appearance at all. Like, does that matter? Yeah. You know, I feel like whenever I say that people kind of look at me like, I don't understand how you have a business if you don't have social media. (laughs) Um, but I have always built my business from connections. And before COVID, I did a lot of in-person networking, you know, going and meeting people locally, um, doing, you know, online masterminds, even, you know, joining other entrepreneurs off of social media, um, but doing like zoom meetings and stuff even before COVID. And, That's how I grew my business before COVID. Um, And then when I started podcast guesting, I found that the hosts became the best people that I networked with of all the people that I was meeting. You know, podcast hosts are really serious entrepreneurs. Like if you decide to be a podcast host, like you're taking on a big project and you're really committing yourself to a lot of consistency serving your audience. And I have found that that this has been networking on steroids for me. And so, yeah, for me, I've been able to ditch social media just because I've been so focused on making valuable connections and they still happen online, but you can meet people online um, without having your own social media strategy. Mm. So how that really looks like, like um, let's say that how it's like working with you and your team. Yeah. So the way that it works with people that, that come and use the services of our team is we help develop a couple different things for them. So the first one is what's the strategy of like your podcast guesting? You know, what are, what are the things that you're going to talk about? Because that's a big mistake that I see a lot of people that are being a podcast guest. I, I see them making is, 
you know, they, they get asked by other people to be a guest on the podcast, but they don't necessarily know what their talking points are. They don't know, you know, what they want to be known for or what the messaging is. And so that's really important to us is that we help our clients with what we're calling PR prep. So helping them write a bio that is intriguing and that helps them get noticed and stand out. And then also writing those talking points so that they can make sure they're having profitable conversations. You know, the goal of being a podcast guest is that when somebody hears you, they both know what you do and who you serve. So they can identify like, well, what kind of person needs what, you know, the person I'm hearing talk, like who needs what they offer. And so that's the first part of it. And then we have two different things on the back end of that. And one of them is we have a done for you agency. So you literally get a podcast booking manager who will put the calls right on your calendar for you and you just show up and talk, which is exactly what my team does for me. I think it's wonderful. They identify people for me. And, you know, I say my zone of genius is talking. My zone of genius is not following through on plans that I've made. So I should not be booking myself for podcasts because it would just not happen. Um, but then we also realize that some entrepreneurs, they have a team already. And so we come in and support existing VAs and help them to get our clients booked on podcasts. So that's our done with you program. So right now you are able to hand off your business, right? You mentioned offline that you're about to go to maternity leave. Congratulations. Yes. Once, by the way. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's kind of wild. And this is another perk of podcast guesting that, that we're really, um, going to be testing. And that is, you know, I'm recording all of these interviews leading up to maternity leave. And honestly, when this drops, I will probably be on maternity leave. So you're listening to me on maternity leave and I'm not actively working probably when people are hearing this. And so it's three months. Yeah. Yeah. It's so we're going to see how that works. You know, my team knows which podcasts are going to be dripping out for me. And it's going to be really interesting because I feel like this gives my business a bit of an evergreen um, aspect to it where I can take time off, but I'm still, you know, getting out there and getting visibility and building upon my credibility, even when I'm taking time off. So it'll be really interesting to come back and talk about what happened on maternity leave. Who, who suggests you to do this ahead of time? My team, my team kind of guides it all for me. And they have been really big on just pushing really heavily for me to get on the podcast ahead of time. Wow. And how do you find your team then? Let's talk about (laughs) this. This is not something that let's say, so I think there are like two way in general, like top down perspective that the CEO would make decision ahead of time. Um, and they may or may not listen to the team. Of course, we have heard this type of story many times already. But on your yeah. side, though, you mentioned a lot that your team really proactive and contribute to the business. I think they really enjoy working with you. Where do you find them? I appreciate that so much. You know, one of my motivations for becoming an entrepreneur was to provide awesome work environments for other people. Um, I like very, very briefly mentioned that my story started because I had a job that I really liked, but a boss that wasn't very good to me. Um, so, you know, I never would, I honestly, I never would have left. I would have kept being an employee. I loved what I did. I loved the clients I worked with, but working for somebody that doesn't treat you very well is just a big bummer. It's, it's stinks for the employee. Um, you know, my boss could have gotten a whole lot more out of me if she had treated me well. I could have been a bigger asset to the company. 
Um, and so that was a motivation for me. So I really appreciate your words. I, I am flattered by them and I, it's very, it's something I take very seriously. Um, you know, and running a virtual assistant agency. So that's the original, like successful iteration of my business. I thought a lot about leadership. It was very important to me. It was the thing that I educated myself on the most. It was just like the biggest project for me is like, how do I make sure I'm being a good leader? And one of the things that I realized is that I specifically want to be the owner of a company and being the owner of a company is a little bit different than just deciding that I want to be an entrepreneur. You know, there are people that are entrepreneurs that work, you know, for themselves, by themselves. Um, their businesses look like them, like their businesses are an extension of them. And what I realize is that my business is separate from me. You know, I, I am the spokesperson for my business, but it, my business takes on the shape of everyone that works for the company. It doesn't need to look like me. It needs to look like all of us together. And specifically when the business became podcast booking agency, you know, we began selling a service that I didn't even necessarily know how to execute on. I had just been the case study for my team's process of putting me on podcasts. So, you know, I feel like by then it had really dawned on me that for me to keep my company looking just like me would be a disservice to the world. It would be stunting for my team. Um, you know, it's important to me that my team knows that their input is valuable and that I see them as leaders. Um, I think that that's another thing for me is that a lot of entrepreneurs see their team as people who can do stuff that they don't want to do. Um, and I think that from that comes an attitude that pe the people that are working for them are not as good as them or they're less than them. And a piece of advice that I used to give to old clients a lot was, you know, even if you're hiring somebody just to do like your calendar, right? Let them own your calendar. Acknowledge that they are better at your calendar than you are at your calendar. Let them lead working on your calendar and don't get in their way because the more you get in their way, the more you're saying to your team, like, I can do it better than you can. And you're kind of just teaching your team not to rise to the occasion, not to own the things that they're doing. Um, and so it's, it's definitely uh, an intentional mindset that I've had. It's an intentional way that I think about my team. And I just fall more in love with my team. Like every month, you know, it's like, I, I couldn't do what I do without them. Um, and we, I, 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 I think that they enjoy working for me. I mean, they've been working for me for a while. I've had a few people in the, in my business that have been here a while and, yeah. Um, it all has to do with having the right perspective on leadership and owning your business. Wow. That's a very good thing that you share. Like, yeah, not, I have noticed many times, like, because I have interviewed like a lot of people already, but like not everyone say that my team decided this to me and et cetera. Cause usually it would be like, I plan to do, I strategically decide to do, et cetera. Like, right from center out not not like from um the team perspective so yeah i'm very interested in that so thank you for sharing yeah I, i'll add that i do vision cast with my team but i try to bring my team into my vision 
quickly. And so it's like these general, um, and, and not always, I'm not always great at it, but that's the intention is like, when I come up with an idea, it's like, here's my idea. Okay. How would you, what, what are your ideas about the idea? How would you implement something like this? I think that sometimes we think that we have to have every single little detail figured out as the leader, but in reality, if we want to continue to grow as entrepreneurs, we have to think really big and we have to vision cast, but we don't have to get into the nitty gritty details. We just tell our team. And then I think we'll be surprised sometimes at what they come up with. It's like, you know, sometimes my team comes up with things regularly. There's this one person on my team in particular that I, you know, say, I'm thinking about doing this thing. And then she comes back with this like three page document of all the specifics of everything we can do. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you got into more detail than I ever would. And because I didn't try to micromanage the situation, I'm getting that kind of stuff out of, out of the team that I have. Yeah, you bring out that potential. Yeah. Okay. So, what are podcasts? Um, why podcast? Yeah. So I love podcasts because I feel like it's kind of shortcut the what we would call online. We would call the sales funnel process. So um, this is something I wish that people had taught me earlier in my entrepreneurial journey. I think it would could have saved me stuff, but saved me a lot of headache. But I'll say this: like with every business has to have some sales funnel. So what that means is you have to have a way to attract new people that don't know about you. You have to have a way to nurture those people. So to prove to the people that you've attracted that you are trustworthy, that they, you know, prove to them that they know, like, and trust you. You have to have a way to sell to them. You know, you, they have to buy. If they don't buy from you, then you don't have a business. And you have to have a way to keep them around, um, retain them. So nurture or sorry, attract, nurture, sell, retain are the four different layers of a sales funnel. And I feel like a lot of people have overcomplicated this. And, you know, there's all these things like run Facebook ads and, you know, grow your Instagram following and build an email list. And, you know, all those things are great. But what I discovered is that as a podcast guest, it has been the biggest shortcut to a sales funnel that I've ever experienced. So all in like one fail swoop, what happens is, you know, the people that are listening are part of your listenership. Like I don't, I didn't do anything to attract the listeners. So I'm attracting a brand new audience. And then I'm having a conversation for 20 to 60 minutes where the podcast host literally sits down and says like, so why are you wonderful? And it's socially appropriate for me to brag about myself. Like only in this setting is that socially appropriate, but that's essentially what's happening as a podcast guest. It's like, tell me all these really good things because it, it genuinely adds value to the audience. But in what other setting is an entrepreneur told, come talk about yourself for 20 to 60 minutes, all about all the things you're great at. Like that doesn't happen. Right? So what's happening is you're getting all of that time to nurture that brand new audience. You know, when you have like, just like an opt-in and you're nurturing people that way, not to say that it's not a great way to do it, but you have to, you know, quickly grab somebody's attention and then you show up in their email list and then you're having to nurture that relationship over and over and over again, especially with entrepreneurs. We're very jaded on a lot of these strategies. So especially if your audience is an entrepreneur audience, like, we're quickly unsubscribing from emails. We get the freebie offer and then we opt out because we just want the freebie offer. We don't want to be pitched to, right? But what happens on the podcast, you're nurturing right away. You've attracted and you're nurturing all together. And then what I've seen happen time and time again is that nurturing 
leads to pre-selling. So if we're talking appropriately about what we do, if we're sharing our knowledge about our different methodology, um, the people on the other end are like, yeah, I need what this person has to offer. Like they, they're speaking my language. I know that I need it. How do I get on the phone with them just so I can buy the service? The other thing that's happening is that the podcast host becomes a really great referral person. So some of the easiest sales that I've had are introductions from the podcast host. And that comes as a result of nurturing a relationship. So, you know, I, I don't advocate for people going on podcasts just to try to sell to the host. You know, the host is going to realize that you're being an icky salesperson. You definitely have to be genuine about this. It is about, you know, relationship building and appropriate networking and valuing people for sure. But, um, I have seen, referrals come from podcast hosts that I'm so flattered by and the emails where they're introducing is like, you know, Hey, so-and-so you need to hire the yes boss team to get you booked on podcast. I just interviewed her. She knows what she's talking about. And I'm thinking like, dang, you just literally sold me for me and I can just get on a call and start working with this person. So, you know, this is why specifically I love podcast guesting. I show up, I talk, (laughs) I meet new people. And all that attract, nurture, sell seems to be taking care of itself in a, in a way that no other environment fosters. I couldn't agree more. So at this point, if anyone listening to now and they want to work with you, why can they reach out to you then? Yeah. So our, our website is yesbossva.com. Um, if you're interested in hearing more um, about what we do and not just booking a call directly, we have a 10 minute masterclass on the website. It's right on that homepage. And then the only place that I hang out um, as far as social media goes is I do have LinkedIn. Um, and so I engage with people on LinkedIn, send me 